0: The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Oh, Even play. your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. This
1: is what you love about the
0: NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. The Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in, boys and girls. I'm feeling good on a Tuesday, December 5th, Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Survived a Weekend with the Twins Betts.
1: Barely. Dude, I am. I hanging mean, on hey, on. it is Tuesday. I'm hanging on barely. <laughs> I am exhausted. I'm beaten up. Uh, I'm bruised. It was actually very funny. My the, the girls were great. They were actually very content. They were uh, happy to be with dad for the weekend, which was fun. I had a, I had a great time with them. Um, but I was texting my brother, my mom a little bit over the last few days. Like they're like, "How was it?" You know, they're like, "Big weekend, just dad by himself." I was like, "You know, it really wasn't too bad." But then I, I mentioned, you know, on Saturday night. I did fall asleep on the couch at about 10 o'clock. <laughs> now, part of that was watching the Louisville and Florida State game, which if anyone watched that, my goodness, that was, that was horrible football. <laughs> that was so bad. So yeah, I fell asleep at about 10 on Saturday night on the couch. Uh, I guess that is what you do in, in your 30s when you're a dad.
0: Let me just tell you something, my friend. That might be late some, t- some days for me because when I get older, my boys are seven and four. You're, you're going to have some nights where it hits about 8.45 and you look at your spouse, you go, do you want to read in bed? That's code for <laughs> I'm probably going to fall asleep. Um, I'm glad you survived, man. It, it was a good weekend in general for the podcast, for our listeners, for our cash process. I felt like cash was a breeze. And I, by saying that, like I hit the cash line by like five points. But um, yeah, I, I, I feel like a lot of things were straightforward. We'll review this past week and then look forward to week 14 we are already here man like a couple more weeks of the regular season playoffs are here and we still have a great community that are part of our discord channel i feel like some of the best discussions i got to have i even posted a picture of me and my kids outside on friday night and just said hey dfs channel this is what's going on with me and that some of the people got to kind of share what's going on in life so got a pretty good community of awesome people just wanted to give a shout out to them if you want to be a part of that you can get a DFS pass. You can go to jointhefoot.com. And I know we're going to tease this on the Dynasty podcast. We've been teasing it more. But we have some really cool stuff planned for 2024 for people that are in our Discord, people that are Join the Foot members. I, I just feel like our company looks at what we've done so far and has said, well, that's boring. Why don't we just make it better? And and that's a great thing. It's also like we can't just rest on like business as usual.
1: Never good enough, Kyle. Always looking for the next, you know, step forward here, uh, making your fake football experiences as good as it can be. <laughs> which uh, we always laugh about that, right? We're like, you know, what? let's let's add best ball to the DFS pass. Okay, sure. Let's also add the primer this year to the to the DFS pass. We did that two years ago. But like you said, oh, by the way, let's just add the DFS or the the dynasty pass. Excuse me. Um, so just every year we're like, you know, what, what more can we do? Uh, which I love about our company, and it always makes I think. Uh, the experience fun for us from what we do for work and for you guys because it's always new stuff rolling out so yeah man uh 2024 should be great but we gotta finish strong in, in 2023
0: yeah let's review our cash picks from this past week straight cash homie there were three plays on the slate that if you did not have them in your lineup i won't say what are you doing but i will question what are you doing because the way that cash shapes up right now, if you play head-to-heads, play double-ups, 50-50s, those kind of contests are the what we discuss in cash. You have to think about what the field is doing. We don't release roster percentages for cash because it varies based on, but Betts and I usually give a pretty firm guess, and we said, Zach Moss is going to be played by 75% of the field. We were idiots because he was played by 93% of the people in my $25 double-up, which is the contest we use a ton. 93%. That tells me that 7% of the people decided to ride dirty, and I don't understand why. Now, you might be saying to yourself, didn't Zach Moss like score like seven points? Wasn't he a bad play? Well, in DFS, what we care about is, at somebody's cost, what are they going to do? And then based on what the field's going to do, how is he going to be played? Betts, did you look at the Millie Maker winner, winning roster? Did you see who they had?
1: I actually did not this week. Did they have Zach Moss?
0: They had Zach Moss. They even had Greg Dortch, who put up, you know, seven points. So you can win a Millie Maker based on a player that puts up seven points and another player that puts up seven points because you're getting different at other spots. But, yeah, talk to me about what the field did this week and the obvious plays because Zach Moss, Tyreek Hill, Brock Purdy were firmly our top plays at those positions.
1: Yeah, just to speak to the Zach Moss thing too, like clearly he failed and anyone can fail in any given week, no matter how strong the projection is, obviously, right? But it really wasn't about Zach Moss. It was just like the salary of Zach Moss is the play. It's not how good is he at football or the matchup or whatever, which I mean, he's been great and uh, the matchup was okay, but not good. But just at 46 or whatever he was, 100 bucks, you know, he plus if you played Brevin Jordan, you could just unlock CMC and Tyreek in your cash lineup together, and that's really what those plays are about. Is not those guys winning you the week? It's the cheat code of saying, "Wow, I get this, you know, free square." You called it to get up to Tyreek, and I really felt like if you didn't show up to -to head-to-heads or cash with Tyreek, that was a massive mistake because it was literally given to us with the plays of Zach Moss and/or Brevin Jordan. Yes. Um. So yeah, I felt like not having those two was just clearly a mistake. And then, yeah, for quarterback, like I know there's a lot of love around the industry, and we talked about it a little bit with Russ uh, against Houston. On paper, it was a good matchup, but I was glad we talked through it in detail because you said, I see the path where this game hits the under. Like, you know, Denver plays really slow. Um, Now, Russ ended up getting there okay for his salary. It took some rushing production to do it, but this spot, man, the Eagles, they're my team. They are not good defensively. And the Niners came out and really put on a show and just kind of understanding the range of outcomes there the ceiling on a guy like Purdy with that offense in the game environment to me was way better than the one with Russ so I ended up with Purdy I know a lot of people did too and clearly that was a great call uh, whether it was cash uh, or tournaments I you know I, I texted you Sunday night and I laughed I said imagine ever not playing the best plays because I only played I think two Purdy tournament lineups because I knew everyone was going to play him and it's like well maybe I'll get different and see what happens here just play the best plays, man. <laughs> Sometimes that's really what it comes down to. But there are slates where the chalk just feels so incredibly strong. This was certainly one of those weeks.
0: Yes. And and it was going into head-to-heads or going into, you know, whatever you want to do in cash and saying, I bet the other person's going to play this. What's the opportunity cost if I fade? And so, Zach Moss, you can say, all right, didn't really work out. But you knew the other person on the other side when you flip over your cards was going to have Zach Moss. He did have seven carries inside the 10, which is just uh, wild. And you go back through, I went through the game log. Gardner was atrocious for most of that game, especially inside the red zone. They had to settle for two 23-yard field goals. He had a sack fumble at the five. He was sacked again from the one-yard line. And then in overtime, Pity City had the touchdown. So I think Zach Moss, Tyreek Hill, Brock Purdy were just the obvious plays. And then Brevin Jordan was the tight end value that also helped later on in the week where he was the stoneman and 40% of the field was playing him. So that felt pretty obvious. So it really came down to, I think, like two or three plays this week and how you handled that. Um, getting different just doesn't really help. So in my cash article, I kind of walked through that process of how I went through my lineup, but I felt like it was pretty straightforward. I'm seeing a lot of people in our Discord channel that hit the cash line. Once again, I know that you uh, did even better than myself, but I think I was like 70% in head-to-heads and what were you like in the high 80s?
1: Yeah, it was an awesome week for cash. And sometimes I kick myself in hindsight because I'm sure you felt the same way, like entering the week. Rarely do I make a team on like a Friday or a Saturday morning where I like feel awesome about it and then don't really change it much until one o'clock on a Sunday. But this was one of those weeks where it was like, man, it's just so clear. And, and it kind of did feel like a week where you wanted to make other people prove they knew what they were doing. And I should have played more volume right, in in cash this week. It was just one of those where it felt so strong. So, yeah, awesome week for cash. People in the DFS pass seem to do pretty well, so that's always really important to us and uh, and really fun when you guys share that with us.
0: All right, let's move on.
1: State of the main slate.
0: I do have a really bad beat that I think I showed to you where I got second in a winner-take-all contest, and I had a great lineup, man. I had Debo... I had Purdy, I was right there, but someone else had Pittman, Debo, and like, I forget who else they have, but they were just like, oh, that, that, that lineup crushed me, Laporta. So I was just like, there's no chance I'm catching up with this lineup, but, um, super fun weekend. Let's move forward. And we're going to talk about the week 14 slate, a lot of fun games in here. A lot of like really good matchups. Like, you know, on, on this, we don't have this game on the slate. This is a Sunday night game of your Eagles play the Cowboys. I feel like the Eagles have had to play like three or four games in a row. that are just high profile, really tough games. We get a bills chief game on the main slate, which is super fun for real NFL. But each week we refer to the lines at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where Betts and I play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. Let's check in on a few wagers because before the season, you and I had a CD lamb offensive player of the year ticket that has moved in a really good direction Except there's a player named Tyreek Hill who's like minus 175 last time I checked it. And apart from an injury, seems like it's going to be a Tyreek award. So that one feels kind of bad. You do have a DAC ticket for MVP that you placed earlier this year. But any other awards or anything else you want to check in on?
1: Man, I kind of forgot about the CeeDee Lamb Offensive Player of the Year. Then you started talking. I got excited for literally half a second. And then, as you said, I remembered uh, some guy named Tyreek Hill is going to go for over 2,000 yards and just break football this year. So that is his award to lose. And then McCaffrey, I mean, clearly is deserving as well. If if Hill wasn't doing what he's doing, McCaffrey would clearly be deserving too. So um, yeah, it's fun. Hey, we got closing line value, Kyle. <laughs> is that is that what's important here with CeeDee Lamb? I'll tell my wife that uh, that's what we got. So don't worry about it. Take it to the bank. Um, but yeah, man, the MVP stuff. I'm I'm excited about it. I've got tickets on Dak, Jalen Hurts. After we talked, I don't know, a month and a half ago, I got him at seven to one. So that's moving in the right direction. I got Dak at forty to one. So I, hey, you know me. I'm not opposed to a happiness hedge. If Dak and the Cowboys roll on Sunday night, I'll be able to sleep better at night knowing. That will go a long way towards his MVP candidacy, so um, a win-win for me Sunday night. And then I did take a little Brock Purdy uh, when he was at twenty-two to one at some point this season. So that's what's so fun about the market. I think yes. is that you don't have to just like make a bet early in the year and like cross your fingers and hope. I mean, you can adjust and put a little bit on three to four guys throughout the year and guarantee yourself basically a profit. So I love the awards market; they're they're really fun
0: and it, and it swings so much once you get past the halfway point. That's what we've said every single year is that the field's overconfident about what they saw the previous week. So I would say entering this next week, they're very confident in Brock Purdy, right? Like that just sounds like something that they're like, okay, this is what's going on right now. And then Hertz and Dak are right behind him. Um, Do you see any other value on the board other than those top three options? I mean, Tua is right behind. That's kind of interesting. I mean, they have the one seed technically right now.
1: Yeah, Tua is interesting, I think, but... You know, when you look at these other guys, Brock, Jalen Hurts, and Dak, it does sort of seem like a, a three-way potential race where it could be those three, and that's really what I think is right right now. Um, The other thing is that the one seed, to me, in the AFC is wide open. I mean, the Chiefs, if they win against the Bills, could certainly be in that position. Um, So I think it's a little bit of a tough situation in the AFC, but I will say, I think you have a little opportunity, whether you want to do it now or like kind of file it away. If the Cowboys win on Sunday night, Jalen Hurts will have a much better price to win MVP. But the schedule for the Eagles after the Cowboys, you mentioned they've had a gauntlet, which they've done well against overall. Um, not this past week, but overall, if they lose, they have some really easy matchups coming up. They get the Giants, you know, for example, and a couple other easy wins that should be on paper. So if you miss out on, on the Jalen Hurts stuff and you want to wait a week, if they lose, you can get a really good price on Jalen Hurts. So that's kind of maybe potential value after this week. But as I see it right now, it seems, I think, pretty efficient.
0: Yeah, I I love getting in on the MVP market at this point. It's just there's so much more football still to have. We're in week 14 and we have over a month and we kind of think, oh, this is how it's going to go. Things change a ton. So let's look at this slate we have. You have the privilege of writing up the Thursday night preview article this week Between the Patriots, who play in the National Football League, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who also happen to play in this league. I'm sorry, Betts. This is your burden to bear, and the line is, it's below 31 now, correct?
1: Yes, as of our recording, it is down to a cool 30 points (laughs) projected between the Patriots and the Steelers. Um, Yeah, this is the reason DFS exists. Truthfully, like if there was no DFS, no one would watch this game or care at all. So, yes, come read that right up. I will probably be crying as I write it on Wednesday afternoon. But um, there's money to be won, Kyle. So we're going to watch.
0: Yeah, I had to mention that game just because it's an anomaly when you see a team with a 12 point team implied total, whatever it is. Like, Are you taking the under? Would I take the under of the of the game?
1: Of the 30? <laughs> yeah.
0: I I mean, have you seen Bailey Zappi play football? Have you seen Mitch Strewiski? Yeah, it's not great. The Patriots defense, I gave you the stat before the show, they've given up the fewest points in the league over the last month. So, they, yeah, it's... I wish it was in New England, and then I feel even more confident about it, but Pittsburgh just got boat raced by the Cardinals at home. So, no one knows anything. Like, guys, it can, should we, be great. can we sidebar for just a second here? I know we're supposed to talk about these lines, and I will. No one knows anything. I mean, the, these NFL teams, I was writing this today... Um, because your Eagles got blown out by, what, 23 at home? And it's, yep. it's the 49ers. But, like, let's talk about every single good team. The 49ers, maybe they're the best team in football. At one point, they lost three in a row this year in one of those games to P.J. Walker. Your Eagles, you guys lost to Zach Wilson. You guys stink. The Chiefs, they've lost to Russ and Jordan Love. They stink. The Dolphins beat somebody good. The Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. They stink. The Ravens lost to Kenny Pickett and Gardner Minshew. The Jaguars, they got blown out at home by the Texans. Every team stinks. That's
1: my <laughs> There's rant. no good football anymore. Um, that's where we're at. It is such a good point, too. And we need to remind ourselves, not, not just like you and I, but everyone listening, like when we get to best ball season, man, again, next summer, like it's so hard to predict what's going to happen, right? And just being able to embrace the variance that is guaranteed to happen every single year is going to set yourself up for success. So I've been thinking about that a little bit recently, which is like, did we really ever see the NFL getting to this point you know, of the year where, I don't know, Zach Wilson doesn't even want to play for the Jets anymore and, you know, whatever else is happening. And it's like, no, you can't predict those sort of things, of course. Uh, But in ball season and, you know, in draft season for redraft leagues, we always feel so confident in what we're doing. And it's always fun just to take a step back and be like, listen, we're making educated guesses and we yes. have no idea what is about to unfold over the next three months. So uh yeah, man, wild times here in week 14.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of the offseason, bets, and I talk about the process of how you forecast and we've even done some reading together if you want to join our book club i bet we'll get a new one this year but when it comes to super exclusive book club that we talk about on a podcast about fake football it's cool man but it's great it's very easy to make dogmatic statements about sports in general and you're going to find that on twitter anywhere else like this team is this is what this team is i challenge you for this week write these things down that in your head feel pretty dogmatic and i have them too like You know, I'm looking at the lines. It's like, oh man, the 49ers should roll or, hey, I think this team is so much better. Or in fantasy, you know, the Steelers running backs this past week, they're going to eat Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, write them down. And then you can look back and go, you know what? There's maybe some nuance to all of this. We're making educated guesses. There's a percentage chance for anything to happen in a game. Like I faded Nico Collins this past week. Did I think that there was a percentage chance of him going for 190 yards? Not really. Like I maybe put that in like the 1% and he did it. So he made me look like a fool. I I pretty much faded Nico in the passing game. So glad you guys are there for the rant. Can we take a break? Because I'm going to compose myself.
1: The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode
0: is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. This
1: is what you love about the
0: NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT,
1: and NBA TV.
0: You know, dudes just talking sports, man. You know, just just throwing out stuff, throwing out ideas, you know, talking like you you see it all the time on Twitter. You know, just dudes naming random dudes
1: who used to play football, you know, like just a bunch of guys being dudes, man.
0: Yeah. Like um, who's a great, uh, James Thrash, you know, former great Eagles wide receiver. Or uh, who's really, Brian Finnerin. Who could forget Brian Finnerin? Great wide receiver. Dang it. (laughs) He's a local radio guy. He, he he was uh, he went to Villanova, and he was a Falcons great wide receiver, and now he's a, a radio host here. Fun fact. All right, bets hit me with the top five team implied totals for week 14.
1: Yes, we are going to start with the 49ers because, of course, 28.8 uh, implied team total. The Ravens come out of their bye week, 25.8. The Chiefs taking on the Bills at 25.3. The Chargers, which I was kind of surprised about, 23.8 the Lions at 23 and a half are the top five this week.
0: I look at the Ravens and if you've watched this offense, it's been so splintered the games that you get from Lamar. So I look at that Ravens total and I go, that feels super high when I break it down into actual projections with no Mark Andrews. So that that's the team on this list that I'm interested, but it is the most volatile team if you're using Lamar Jackson it makes me want to play him in tournaments, though. So I'm just throwing it yeah. out there
1: early in the week. Yeah, especially on a slate where you don't have Hertz or Dak. Um, and we don't have the Dolphins, right? We got a Monday night doubleheader this week. So you could talk me into that for sure, uh, Lamar, in a tournament.
0: No, uh, no, Sammy Howell, man. What are we going to do? He's on bye. Which game is going to be most popular, and why is it Buffalo, Kansas City?
1: This one sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't it? When you look at these teams, they're both uh, top six in pass rate over expectation. And you just know, I mean, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, like people want to play these guys. But, but I like the under in this game. And I kind of talked about this in the Vegas report. Like you remember the game, right? You remember the Gabe Davis game. I mean, I obviously do, but you remember the playoff game where it was just bonkers, but that was a game with Tyreek Hill and an explosive Chiefs offense And this year, the Chiefs offense is literally like anything but explosive. I mean, they don't have wide receivers that are talented enough to win down the field. Hershey Rice is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of his stuff is kind of, you know, yards after the catch, manufactured stuff. Travis Kelsey has been up and down a lot of the year. And they're running the ball a little bit more than you would think with Pacheco. And then on the other side, like, you know, the Bills are kind of a, a weekly up and down team as well. So there are paths where this game goes under. Um, which KC games this year are 7, 3, and 1 to the under. And they are, uh, I think it's 4 and 1 to the under in their home games this year. So I actually like the under in this spot. So this is a spot where I think it will be popular, but I just want to give people a little nudge. Like, not that I'm saying you should completely exit out, of course, but don't be surprised if this one comes under and don't be afraid to fade it in tournaments if it is going to be mega chalk.
0: Yeah, these are the two mo- most expensive quarterbacks on the slate. So... You know, we're not dealing with efficiency monsters like we have in the past, especially with Mahomes. Like, it's, it's scary when you start going through the game logs and you compare him to, you know, we did it on the podcast on Friday on the main show. It was like, he's kind of been the same as Jordan Love this year. And then Jordan Love went out and actually outplayed him on Sunday night. Like, yeah. I hate saying that. So you're not getting these massive, massive totals where you can just bank on, this is a player that you could just say, I'm going to get the bonus every single time.
1: For sure. I mean, he's only hit it three times this year, the 300-yard bonus Mahomes has. He hit it 10 times last year. Like, basically more than a coin flip that he would hit the 300-yard bonus, right? And now we're not just we're not seeing it. So now I will say, I see the path where this one gets there because if you watch the Sunday night game, the Chiefs had, what, like three, four guys leave with injury on defense? So they're banged up massively, and then the Bills have been banged up on defense for most of the year. So I do see the path where it happens. But like I said, I'm going to let roster percentages you know, come Friday, Saturday, tell me where to go. If everyone's on this game and it's super popular, the contrarian in me, Kyle, might oh. want to look elsewhere for tournaments. I'm not saying they're going to be bad cash plays, but for tournaments, there is a, a downside here.
0: We'll get to the quarterbacks later when we do salary standouts, but I think the field is pretty wide open this week compared to last week where I mean, when I went into tournaments, I think I only said I'm going to stack Tua, stack Hertz, and Purdy. Like, I, don't, I didn't really try to get cute anywhere else, so it I feel like you could probably go five or six quarterback deep in your tournament pool this week, and obviously you have to include those two. I'm going to mention Seattle and San Francisco because, as Betts mentioned, San Francisco, they're awesome. Their offense is efficient. How can a team, Betts, that is ranked 25th in plays per game, which if I gave you that stat, and then I told you this team is third in points per game, you said there's something wrong. This team is way too efficient, and Brock Purdy right now, has the second highest yards per attempt of all time behind Kurt Warner and just ahead of MVP season, Matt Ryan. Never forget, Matt Ryan won an MVP. So Brock Purdy's been super efficient. Debo Samuel is a cheat code. Did you see that stat that he had one air yard? Past yeah, season? that
1: was wild. He had what, Uh, four total touchdowns or three total? Three. Three total touchdowns, one air yard. Of course, one of them came on a rushing attempt. But like, he was just an absolute monster on Sunday. He was very fun to watch. Uh, as a fantasy player but he was not fun to watch as an Eagles fan
0: (laughs) I tried to figure out a way in our notes to like share that with the with the ballers I was like he had an air yard like like a single air yard a single one and then he did the rest himself so um San Francisco offense feels like we can trust them Seattle you saw them against Dallas on Thursday night like hey there's still some giddy up left I love seeing DK Metcalf go go off um so I think Seattle's a sneaky team. At least if you want to stack the San Francisco side, bring it back, pick one Seattle player, one wide receiver to go there. Which game is uh very very sneaky to you?
1: I'm kind of interested in Detroit and Chicago. Now, as I say this, I'm looking at the updated line and it has dropped a half a point in the total. So, we'll see, just monitor, but when you look at these two teams, they are very quietly. I mean, we know the Lions get get off a ton of plays. The Bears are actually 12th in the NFL in place per game. Not something I would have thought, out, thought about with this team. Like when you think about the Bears, you're like, oh, you know, they're slow. They're going to run the ball a ton. But like with fields there, it gives them an extra, you know, added uh, piece to get explosive plays. Now, I will say when we saw them before the bye week. Literally everything was a screen pass or like, you know, a little short horizontal pass. That is not what we want for DFS, you know, excitement. But when these two teams played... Uh, just a few weeks ago, about a month ago, this game uh, produced 57 total points combined. And Fields was awesome. He ran for 100 yards. And of course, you know, the Lions, we know they can win in any matchup, good or bad. Their offense is super explosive. They're efficient. So I just think with Fields there, there is a path for this game, you know, really does exceed the total and, and gets there. So for now, it's a monitor, wait and see. I also don't really love playing Bears games outdoors in Chicago in December. So we're not going to forecast any weather right now on a Tuesday morning. But just monitor that throughout the week, too, and make sure we're good to go there. But I think that one is is, is sneaky this week, just because we've seen that game produce 57 points just a few uh, weeks ago.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about Justin Fields a little later. His splits against the Lions are pretty wild since this offense has been going. I want to mention Baltimore and Los Angeles, the Rams. Baltimore's coming off the bye the lines now at minus seven and the total dropped from 44 to 43. So that's not good. But Lamar is one of the more interesting pieces on this slate to me. And we saw the Rams offense like Kyron Williams has been awesome. Awesome this year. 10 touchdowns in eight games. He's second in points per game among running backs. And then Puka just won't die. Like he, he's like... I, I'm not just like a thing for the first month of the season. He's over a thousand yards in the year and he's still cheaper than Cooper cup. I think DraftKings. I get it. I'm stubborn. I'm somebody who has Cooper cup in a league. And I'm like, I still think I want to play Cooper cup over Puka. And yet Puka just keeps producing. But I think there's enough there. If you want to do a Lamar skinny stack and pick a Rams player on the other side, I think that game could have some fireworks. I think I just trust Sean McVay. So uh, that's an interesting game. That's probably going to go under the radar. Which game do you want nothing to do with?
1: The Jets, man. This is an absolute joke at this point. Uh, we have this public beat reporter, uh, high school, you know, check yes, check no. Do you want to play football? Back and forth going on. On Twitter. Like <laughs> That's where this is that being decided. is which wild is just to me. Why would they? In the year 2023, that's happening. So if you missed it, there's reports that they want to go back to, Je- to Zach Wilson this week. Allegedly, he's not sure if he wants to go back to starting because of potential injury risk or just he's broken from playing for the Jets or whatever the issue is. This Jets team is so bad offensively. Dead last in EPA per play, of course. They are punting at the highest rate on a per-play basis. No surprise there. Since week seven, their bye week, they're 0-6 against the spread, 5-1 to the under, and they have yet to hit their team total in that sample. So just, sure, you could talk me into you know a one off of Nico Collins or whoever you want from Houston but like do not play jets it is not needed in the year 2023 with the current situation it's it's bad
0: so uh, explain to me how somebody in the jets organization cuz you know we're getting this from beat writers and some people that i think are trusted athletic type people it's like who let any story like that get out like, i don't know that makes no sense if i'm an organization you have very little to gain by sharing that information. If, if that's true. It's what I always say about the NFL draft. When somebody's like, Oh, this team really likes that player. Like why would any team ever share that? They like this player. That makes no sense. They can't control the draft board and the jets. I, I don't, I don't get it. So we were joking around in our Slack channel. Cause we were like, you, we were talking about that. Like, yeah, this feels very high school, junior high, you know, do you like me? And I was like, this kind of feels like a nineties, Disney's movie where every quarterback in the roster is like, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. I don't really want to play. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's a guy off the street who wins a radio contest to start for the New York Jets. He wins his first start miraculously because the team somehow wins on a lucky play, but he gets better. He learns the offense. He falls in love with the B-list actress. And, you know... Tales he, a lot of time, am I right? Dude, 90s Disney... I mean, it, it wrote itself, the sports movies. But I... Yeah, I cannot fathom playing a jet. Period. It just doesn't there's no point. Like Brees Hall, you might get eight catches. And then I think my question I want to ask you is the Texans side. With Tank Dell now out, which he's sadly the stone men. Um DraftKings just that's how you put someone out to <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> we're gonna you keep him in the th-
1: player pool, but make him the stone men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what they had to do. That's their <laughs> retirement ceremony. So Are you going to play any Texans this week?
1: Uh, TBD. The issue is, and we talked about this, this is why we were on the under. Well, one of the reasons we were on the under for Desmond Ritter and Van Jefferson. The other reason is that they're not good at football is that, yeah, is that teams are running on on the Jets uh, on the highest rate in football. So like in theory, and we've seen the Texans do this where like there are game scripts where it invites a run and they're willing to do it. But now we have a two-headed backfield. Again, Damian Pierce kind of emerged with Devin Singletary, so I don't know, man. I don't think I'll be stacking C.J. Stroud. Obviously, the Jets' secondary is very good. Like I said, could you talk me into a one-off play because the target share might be awesome for Nico Collins? Sure, but just in general, the game environment is so bad that I don't think it's really a spot that you want to go to.
0: I'm going to say Carolina and New Orleans. One, I hate the Saints right now with a burning passion since I placed the bet of them to get to 10 wins. They decided to lose three in a row and everybody on their team get hurt. I hate them. I already hated them as a Falcons fan.
1: I want someone to make a gif of, and and I I hope Derek Carr's health is is good and he recovers and whatever, but like of Kyle's face on Derek Carr when he took that huge hit this past Sunday. Did you see the play when Derek Uh, Carr got hit? uh Uh Oh my gosh, dude. He got launched into the air, just completely wrecked. That's what I feel like happened to you as soon as you placed the bet. So put Kyle's face on Derek Clark, just getting slammed into the turf because yeah, that bet is uh, not looking good, my friend.
0: No, they got to go fire. No. I was like, Oh, easy schedule They're You know, they should win. They should beat the Falcon. I mean, anyway, but they're playing the Panthers this week. And I don't know if you heard the Panthers stink, the 32nd yards per play under and five, their last six. And the problem is the saints, they've run the second most plays per game in the league. They're top 10 in time of possession. It is a game that just feels like it's going to hit the under based on the matchup. Alvin Kamara will project fine. And I think he's kind of interesting. I think Chris Olave could be interesting, but I just don't think it's a back and forth game that you're going to need for DFS this week. The total is at, you can tell me if it's moved, 38 and a half. Last time I No, checked. that's
1: what I'm seeing too. And I, I talked about that game a little bit too in uh, the Vegas report. Uh, the Panthers are 2 and 10 against the spread this year. So if there's a scenario where the Saints cover the spread, which math tells us there's a good chance it happens, they get up by a touchdown, I mean, they are going to be running a ton. They run at the second highest rate when they're up by seven plus points this year, do the Saints. So like you said, the play volume here could just be really, really bad. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Which team are you most confident hitting the over of their team implied total?
1: Yeah, this is what we were on last week, right? With the 49ers. Let's go back to Dallas. Now, this is not on the main slate. So this is a Sunday night game that I'll be personally playing myself. It is the over 27.5 on the Cowboys. This Cowboys offense, man, they're rolling. Dak is playing at an MVP level. He leads the league in completion rate over expected. He leads the league in EPA per play since the bye week. And this Eagles defense is bad, straight up. They're, they're not good right now. They are 31st in EPA per play defensively, 30th in success rate over the last six weeks. So this is a spot at home. I think you bet on the Cowboys and we know the Eagles obviously can push back to keep that game environment uh, up tempo. And this one already has been bet up early in the week for the the game total. So for me, I'm massively into Dallas over 27 and a half.
0: I kind of want Dak to win the MVP. I feel, I feel like I feel pretty happy for him. I also feel a little sad for Jalen Hurts because all he's done is just put together like three monster years in a row. And it's just the timing every single year hasn't worked out for him to win MVP. But, um, I'm going to throw out, this is Betts mentioned earlier, this could be a sneaky game, and we'll have to check on the weather, but Chicago's team implied total is 20. They're averaging 20 on the year, but I think the bigger point I want to bring up is that Detroit's defense over the last five games, they've been allowing 30 points per game. That's 30th in the NFL, and Justin Fields in his last three games against Detroit last year, 13 for 147-2 and at Detroit, 10 for 132 at Detroit, uh, and then he went 18 for one Oh four at home against them. So his last three games has gone over a hundred rushing yards, each of them. And I think that there's still upside there. They're coming off the buy. So it's more of buying into the fact that DJ Moore, Justin Fields, I think are underpriced options that are tempting in cash, but in tournaments, I think I want to lean into that.
1: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. We've been talking about that Lions defense now, what for like four or five weeks in a row, just, they've been struggling a ton and, Actually, on that broadcast, too, they even talked about that with the Saints. Like, all year, if there's any social media clip you see or anything on, like, the broadcast, are always like, how do you fix the red zone for the Saints? And then the red zone got fixed against the Lions. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I'm with you. I, I really like this uh, Bears-Lions game for that reason, just because we know both defenses can really struggle.
0: All right, which team are you most confident hitting the under of their team implied total?
1: Yeah, we can just keep this short and sweet. Let's double down here on the Jets. Uh, took their under last week. They are now projected for 14 and a half points. So they got to score two touchdowns, but they have scored 13, six, 12, six, 13 and eight since the bye week. And we don't know who's playing quarterback, but it might not matter.
0: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm looking at this Cincinnati game and they have to play. Betts and I are recording this a little earlier. So they're playing tonight, but the Bengals, man, they're broken with Jake Browning, Jake Brown pants. They have a hundred total <laughs> plays run the last two weeks. That's 31st in the NFL. So that type of play volume, 50 points per game or 50 plays per game, just doesn't get it done. You don't have enough total plays to sustain drives. His eight outs been terrible. He's sadly not very good. And that team is just now you look at that team and go, well, that's a worthless team. I don't have to like buy into them at all. So I I worry about that game because the Colts have always given us good games, but it's in Cincinnati. I feel like that's a game that's just going to hit the under and you might see a lot of Joe Mixon in that game. One more segment. Salary standouts. It's early in the week, and you know this. This is us just kind of getting out the kinks, doing a good early stretch. Do you do any of the stretches on the Peloton? any of this?
1: Uh, Not on the Peloton. Okay, just on my own. My own little routine. A little foam rolling. A little stretching. Dynamic warm up stuff.
0: Okay. I, Bets, and I both We're old have Peloton, dude. I gotta
1: stay, gotta stay loose.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like a good post ride stretch. You know, just uh, who doesn't my boy Ben Aldis, you know, I, that's it's probably one of my one of my favorite guys. Alex on the Peloton, he makes me feel sad about life that I'm not good at anything. So I I don't I don't <laughs> usually go with Alex. Um so we're just stretching here, Bets and I are talking about our favorite plays early in the week. At quarterback, let's mention some guy named Brock Purdy because his price is still just 6500. Now on FanDuel, it's a little different conversation because he's 8100. He's starting to get the point where we're just we're not getting the same value and the salaries are all kind of clumped together on FanDuel. So he's not a smash play on FanDuel, but I think early in the week, Purdy at home with the highest team applied total of the week against Seattle makes a ton of sense.
1: For sure. Yeah. He's prices the, the QB eight on DraftKings and he's putting up, you know, top five scores on a weekly basis uh, with the Niners. And I talk about this a lot in showdown. It's like the guy quarterbacking the team with the highest, Team total, you know, we're looking at like a one game sample, but of course, you have 11 games here. It's hard for that guy to project poorly if their team puts up touchdowns. And we just talked about it. They have the highest team implied total on the slate, taking on Seattle. Now, we saw the game script go a certain way last time these two teams played, and Purdy failed. So I don't think it's as incredible of a smash spot against the Eagles as it was last week, but certainly Brock Purdy should be in your cash game consideration for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah. And when you start going down the list and you look at the games, excuse me, you start to just X out quarterbacks. Like we mentioned, Stroud and whoever the Jets are out there. It's like, ah, that doesn't look like a great game environment. You know, you look at Jake Browning. Eh, no thank you. You can really just start going through the list, and it's like, I'm going to end up with maybe four or five guys that project well. And by project well, right now we're saying their team implied totals over, you know, 23 points. Like that's where I want to start. And then you move forward with that. So there's some cheap guys like Justin Fields is tempting to me because I mentioned earlier, the rushing upside, but I feel like the floor with Brock Purdy and the offense just feels way better. Like one of those games I mentioned with Justin Fields, where he ran for hundred plus the bears got blown out 41 to 10. Like that's a real scenario any week with teams like that. So he's kind of the only other name I'm throwing around. I mean, Josh Allen, I think is always a payup option. Uh, anybody else you want to mention?
1: Yeah, I think too, just you know, context wise, like the slate, when you think about last week when we had the Zach Moss crazy discount and the Brevin Jordan, who was Stoneman, you know, that whole setup, um, you could get up to like the CMC's Tyree Kills of the world on this slate. It's kind of tricky. Like the pricing's a little more efficient, I think. So if you spend up for Mahomes, Allen, and Cash, like it's gonna be hard to make the other plays work. So my lean is to go down, like you said, to the purdy uh, fields types, but I'm just going to quickly throw this out. I don't think this is, should be taken as a yes or no answer early in the week. It's a lock but of Joe the Joe Flack was 4,700. <laughs> and this man chucked the ball 44 times this past week. Now, it's not going to be pretty, but he's taking on a Jaguars team that's tough to run on. You got to throw. They're underdogs. I like it. And he's 47, and he's 4,700. So like, I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world. Now, I will say, Amari Cooper is banged up, and if he doesn't play, that makes me incredibly nervous. So just keep him in your player pool. That's all I'm going to say until we talk for Friday.
0: Hey, dude, you can talk me into that. Cedric Tillman is uh, pretty cheap.
1: Talk about a cheap double stack. You put him with <laughs> Elijah Moore, and you're only spending like $8,000. <laughs> I mean,
0: and they don't need much to get there. Right, no. and then you're just good to that's go. A,
1: that's what I'm saying, dude.
0: Can I throw out a really gross quarterback?
1: You threw out Flacco, please.
0: Uh, what please. about Desmond Ritter?
1: <laughs> Oof. Now he's, he he's been in the millimaker lineup. I, he, like he's twice actually, this year, right?
0: Yes, Desmond Ritter. As bad as he is, and I I will say that as a Falcons fan, like there are usable weeks this year at home. He's averaging, you know, 16 points per game, 19 yards to the ground, five rush attempts. They're at home. It's against Tampa Bay, who's been a pass funnel. You can get there. I'm just trying to find reasons. So he, he's just a cheap name. Maybe we should do that every week. Who is the grossest name possible that you could play in cash?
1: Oh, I would not play those guys in cash. That's oh, more of a tournament take.
0: No, 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 no. I want to see you do it. You, I want to I see not. you play. Bring to a gunfight, Joe Flacco. Which, by the way, Kyle, people did in head to heads this past week.
1: Oh no, did they really?
0: Yeah, and Flacco did
1: fine. I was going to say he got, what, 16.8 points or whatever it was. Um, no, man, I'm not doing that. Okay, I've got twins to feed. I can't do that.
0: At running back, we're going to talk about CMC because he's good. And he's 9-200. And I just, I mean, what Moving else on. What else do you say about a player that's just going to project super well? I, like I had so many good conversations this past week in our Discord channel because the matchup said, don't play Christian McCaffrey against the Eagles. And then there's certain players where you don't care about the matchup and you say, what does this player project for? And I had CMC around 24, 25 points. I think he ended at 22.8. And in cash, it's really hard. Like 20 points is 20 points, people. It's really hard to find in DFS, especially in 2023. So he's going to project well at 9,200. Kyron Williams, 7.3 is getting an insane workload. He gets a ton of pass catching work. I think he's more of a tournament play, but I just have to mention him because he's basically been CMC light this year in terms of workload, snaps, everything else. And then we're right back to talking about Zach Moss.
1: Yes, he's not as good of a play as he was last week at that salary, but he's still only 5900 And I actually kind of, I'm happy that he didn't have a great game last week because DK would have been like, you know what? Slap the $7,500 tag on him. Uh, you're gonna have to pay for him. But at sub-6K, he's, again, I think a must-play in cash. The guy played, I think it was 93% of the snaps, 94%, something like that, this past week and handled 22 opportunities. You know, that just that is what you look for in a running back. And at sub-6K, taking on this Bengals defense that gives it up on the ground. You know, he's an incredible play this week again.
0: What if I told you that the Bengals are allowing the highest rate of first downs on rush attempts in the NFL?
1: and a ton of explosive plays too. Yeah. I think it's a good spot for Indy's offense in general.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I outlined earlier, but like he had the opportunities inside the 10 year old. He had seven carries. And just for context of what seven carries inside the 10, that's one fewer than Saquon Barkley has had for the entire season. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I think what we can say is, you know, Zach Moss is not a good, a play as last week but he's going to project really well at under 6k 6,800 on FanDuel. I can tell you right now, I'm going to probably write him up as a cash player later on this week in the 6k range, Jameer Gibbs. We mentioned that Detroit game 6.6. He looks good. Bijan Robinson, 6.5. Remember when, you know, it was just like, Oh, you don't play running backs against the Buccaneers. Chuba Hubbard in a losing game went off against this team. And it's actually been a couple weeks in a row now where running backs have actually done pretty well against Buccaneers. So, Matchups are often overrated. We kind of look at the the polar opposites. And then also you can look at what have they done over the last month. So Bijan 6.5 is going to project really well as a home favorite. And then can I give you a cheapie under 5K?
1: I think this one is uh, potentially very sneaky. So yes.
0: It's Keaton Mitchell of the Baltimore Ravens. He is 4.9. His tag stood out to me as still too cheap. And before the bye, he led this team in snaps. So Gus Edwards has been trending the wrong direction in snaps, but he's been getting touchdowns. Keaton Mitchell, on the other hand, is getting the work, and we know he's explosive. So probably too thin for me in cash, but I think in tournaments, you can get really different with that Ravens game and the Rams game. So any other thoughts at running back?
1: I just want to point out, too, um, very quietly, you mentioned the current play. That, that's the Ravens matchup, right? Yes. This week? On the season, you're like, man, that Ravens team, you can't Play anyone against them right they're incredible you know don't, you can't play running backs whatever they're 23rd in epa per rush attempt defensively since week nine so if you kind of zoom in on like like that's what i like to do is like you know weeks one through four week one through five whatever then like five or six to wherever you're at in the season and like kind of group it out into like chunks so like basically over the last month they've been a bottom 10-ish team against the run i don't think it's crazy i think Kyron williams is gonna everyone's gonna see the red Right on DK they're like I can't play that guy. So I just want to give people a little nudge like at, in tournaments he looks really interesting early in the week.
0: Amon-Ra at wide receiver stands out to me early in the week. 8.2 against Chicago. We'll have to wait on the weather, but you you know what to expect. You know you're going to get 8-9 receptions. It's it's money in the bank. You know Amon-Ra, Keenan Allen Pity City. Just the most consistent and, and some guy named Tyreek. But, you know, in, in the tier of PPR guys, they they're the dudes talk to me about Justin Jefferson because we've been able to ignore him in DFS for a very long time this year because of injury and now we actually have to ask ourselves the question like what do i do with a slate where Justin Jefferson is potentially on it
1: yeah this one's really interesting because when you see the price tag you're like man how can you pay 8500 on DraftKings for a player you haven't seen like you said for 2 months and coming off injury but I want to give people a little confidence. I think the health is there. They they purposely kept him out through the bye week to give him that extra week. So when that happens with guys, like they can kind of plan ahead in their rehab and, and know which week to come back. Um, so I think he's healthy. And just for context, Justin Jefferson, last time we saw him in the two games before he got injured, 9600 and 9400 So you are getting a massive discount on a player who can break the slate, obviously. So I don't know that I would go there in cash necessarily. But I'm going to try to get plenty of exposure to Justin Jefferson this week. Good matchup against the Raiders. Um, I guess there is one concern. It's just we don't know who's playing quarterback yet for that team. Uh, there was rumors that they were going to evaluate the quarterback position after Josh Jobs threw, I think, it was four picks on Monday Night Football before the bye week. So monitor that news. But just to point out, we are getting a crazy discount on Justin Jefferson.
0: This slate is difficult. There's no CeeDee Lamb. There's no Tyreek Hill. So the elites, you know, they're, they're awesome. But it's like Stephon Diggs on the road in Kansas City. Well, that's tough. Keenan Allen, 8.6 against a Broncos defense. That's been pretty good, but he projects really well. Mentioned Jefferson. I'm on Raw. Mike Evans can just do Mike Evans things. It's always going to be more of a tournament play for me. Jamar Chase is expensive, but there's no way you can have confidence in cash. So then you start going down a little bit further and you're in the 7K range of Nico Collins, who is appropriately priced, but on the road. And then you get to the Rams wide receivers. How are you handling the fact that Cooper Cup 7.4, Puka Nakua 7.1, they're seven point road dogs, but you know there's going to be volume there from these guys. So are you interested in either of those Rams wide receivers?
1: Yeah, I think you've got to be interested in Puka every week for what he can do with, you know, the design targets he's getting. And he leads this duo really since uh, Cooper Cup's and battling the injuries and, and stuff like that um, in first read targets too so like he's kind of the guy they're looking for to get the ball in his hands so as crazy as it is I would rather play Puka right now but I mean if, if Hig also Higby's in cushion protocol if Higby Higby misses not that he's commanding a high target share but it makes you more confident in just that's where the ball is going to those two guys so you know they're both okay I think I would lean Puka.
0: It's wild to me that the 49ers wide receivers are still under 7K. So Brandon Ayuk is 6.9. He actually went down $300. And then Debo sees a price hike, but he's still only 6,800. So if you're playing Purdy, I'm assuming that you're not going to go fully in. this is early in the week, but like Purdy, CMC, Ayuk, Debo, like you're not going to pick three guys, three 49ers in your lineup, but like are you interested in stacking those with Purdy?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those weeks where, or, or really, it's a weekly thing with Purdy, where you play him. You can play him with CMC as they always say, just because you're soaking up so much production as far as the touchdown equity, you get all the passing touchdowns, and in theory, all the rushing touchdowns. And sometimes he'll throw one to CMC too. So like that correlation is there, and then you just pick one, and that's that's what makes these guys so fun in tournaments. Is you know the ceiling on any of these guys is you know a top three scorer on the week but pinging who it's going to be is really tough. You and I were really into Brandon Ayuk last week. He was okay for season-long leagues, but it was Debo who stole the show. Would it be surprising if it was George Kittle this week? No, of course not. You just can't pick it, right? So that's why you want to use that uncertainty to your advantage in tournaments, because when the field doesn't know who it is, people will shy away from those guys a little bit, and you can attack at low roster percentages, which is what I love to do with the Niners. So, Pretty projects well, and all three of his guys are going to project well.
0: Yeah, Kittle's interesting. He has pretty great splits against Seattle, and I think a couple weeks ago when they did play him, I made him my slate breaker and he didn't hit, which just means that he probably will this time. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of good plays I feel like this week at wide receiver in the middle range. DJ Moore at 6.5 is good. You have Rasheed Rice at 5.4 as I think the clear wide receiver one for this team. His usage is looking that way, so he's interesting. Josh Downs, I wanted to call him like a mini or like a diet version of Michael Pittman, but he kind of let me down this past week. So I'm going to take away that title and just say that Michael Pittman is his own thing, but he's still interesting at 4.9. Um, any other cheap names this week?
1: Yeah, I think Elijah Moore is certainly on the radar. They got pretty aggressive with his price, putting him up to 4500 after he was, I think it was 3500 yeah, this was past week. $1,000 price like. But- Yeah, but if if Cooper's out, which he's battling um, a couple injuries in concussion protocol, and last week he had the rib issue, then you certainly could look Elijah Moore's way. I don't know what it is, man. He and Joe Flacco have a a bond going on. These guys love each other. And we saw a bunch of targets, not just for Moore in general, but actually down the field targets for Elijah Moore. So at 4,500, he looks like a pretty interesting cash game play.
0: Yeah, and I just want to throw out JSN, super cheap at 4.1. He's $1,500 cheaper than tyler lockett so that's kind of like a big price discrepancy in my opinion for a player who's ascending in his role and his involvement in the offense at tight end we do have travis kelsey on the slate at 7.8 sam laporta is still too cheap i love that we talked about this last week on the podcast and said you know paying down at tight end was what you were going to do in cash right like the cheap options were in joku brevin jordan Juwan johnson but in tournaments paying up at tight end and especially Laporta who was one of my dart throws was what won people money is because you were getting different so this week there are a lot of high price guys that make a lot of sense Laporta at 6.1 Hawkinson at 6k kill at 5.9 those are all interesting but I think in cash if you're gonna punt the position Isaiah likely at 3.5 is my current favorite and I'm making him the cover boy of the first look article
1: Oh, that, that means something. I know. Hey, hey. Um, yeah, six targets two weeks ago before the bye week against the Chargers. That was good for a 20% target share. And really, it wasn't just like that he kind of like luck boxed his way into it. Like they're actually designing screens for him and stuff like that. So that goes a long way. And then also throughout, I think Brevin Jordan's fine. Again, um, he's not as good of a play because he's 600 bucks more. But at 3,100, uh, he did run 77% of the routes, saw four targets, and now no tank Dell. So Four to five targets from a good quarterback, I think, is is fine. It's just, you know, it's not the best environment. But the Jets have been a little bit vulnerable to tight ends this year. So I think Brevin Jordan's totally fine. But I prefer for 400 bucks more to get to Isaiah Likely personally.
0: At defense this week, the Falcons, who showed out last week and <laughs> against the Jets, somehow we're talking about them again. They're at home. They're 2.9 against Baker Mayfield. I think they're fine. Um, the Chiefs are interesting. 2.6 is a pretty low tag for a defense that we've liked for most of the year. They're at home. It's obviously Josh Allen, but we know that he's turnover friendly as well. So those are two of the ones. You have Denver on here against the Chargers on the road.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough this week. I don't think there's a lot of great pun options. Um, but we talked about it a little bit last week too, uh, with just kind of taking on the Chargers is just that they are so willing to drop back with Herbert. Uh, the ground game is broken with Eckler. And really, they don't have weapons behind Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. So it's just a depleted skill position group in a divisional matchup. So to me, it makes sense with Denver.
0: Yep. On FanDuel, they're a really good tag at 3.6. The Browns at home, 3.8 against the Jaguars at first. That might scare you. It's the Jaguars offense, but Cleveland's been awesome all year. So I think they're a really good tag on FanDuel. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com or DraftKings League. Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg and Betts. You can enter a contest. Including one for this Thursday night's game that might make you poo your pants, but we'll all be doing it together. <laughs> so maybe just join the club. It could be super fun. uh You can play with us at ballersdfs.com. Bet sign us off.
1: Hey, what a way to, to preview that game, Kyle. Just all of us sitting around wasting our money on horrible football. But that, that's what this is about, right? So come play with us, like Kyle said, ballersdfs.com. And uh, you can catch that riveting write up in the DFS Pass. We'll catch you guys on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.